Good morning. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Lamed Vav and Maseches Nedarim. And we are on the very top line, very first word. Masiv Rav Shimi. Shimi. Um, so, we were talking about uh, the notion in the Mishnah is talking about different things that one could do for his friend, even though his friend was Moder Hana, right? Barry swore off to not have any Hana from Andrew. Andrew swore off to not have any Hana from Barry. We are going through this period again. We will get through it. But in the meantime, no hana. So what would be the case? And different things you could do. Can you be mafresh truma for each other, as we'll see? Different things that where there's no real monetary transaction, but something is being done that might have a monetary value or might not. Um, the last case was where the person who was sworn off was a coin. We had to turn Barry into a coin yesterday. Because Andrew swore off enough from Barry. If Barry were a coin, could Barry bring Karbanos for Andrew? Don't forget, the Kohanim were the ones that were bringing these Karbanos. Is that something that uh, Barry could do on Andrew's behalf? Is there a monetary uh, advantage there where, uh, where if Andrew had sworn off any enough from Barry, Barry would not be able to do it? Rava made a suggestion. He was saying that uh, it was had to do with Mechusa Kapara. I think that was... I think that was Rava's suggestion. The Gemara made a suggestion yesterday that our Mishnah, an observation about our Mishnah, our Mishnah were all these cases where the, per, the korban that was being brought was the korban that was at the end of a purification process, like a Yoledes, right, or a Zav, somebody who then has to be, right, purified. And in the part of the purification process, you have to bring a korban. What's unique about that? Well, we have psukim in the Torah that teach us that those korbanos can be brought on behalf of the person uh, requiring purification without agency. So what does that mean? In other words, like this. You have, let's say, a child who needs to have kapara in some way, right? Or it said a wife who's a shota, a a woman uh, who had lost her mental capacity. So at that point, she is no longer, right, legally an entity that can appoint somebody to bring the korban on her behalf. And in that scenario, we still say that we bring the korban. So the fact that we can, a Kohen can bring a korban on her behalf for her to, to atone for her, as it were, right, to finish the purification process is an indication, without any agency, without her appointing him as a shliach, is an indication that it's not really a hana because he's doing it sort of for the sake of, I guess you could say, for the sake of, uh, the procedure, right? Uh, it benefits her. She certainly needs to do it, but she doesn't get any financial benefit, and therefore she wouldn't even have to appoint anybody to do it on her behalf. So that was a suggestion in our, in our Gemara that maybe it's only those cases that a Kohen cannot bring on behalf, right, of his friend who swore off enough from him, but maybe any other Korban, like an Adava, for example, right, some sort of voluntary Korban, Barry the Kohen would not be able to bring on Andrew's behalf because that is not procedural. That would require agency, shlichus, and that shlichus we see in our Gemara implies a certain hana. That's like the underpinnings here. That if you have to, if Andrew would have to appoint you to do it on your behalf, Barry, then that would mean that in some ways it's a hana for Andrew, okay? And that would not be allowed. It's only these other ones that do not require an agency that would be allowed. So Masav Rashim Bar Abba, uh, there's a brisa that says that if Barry was a coin, right, um, and 
and Andrew swore off, right, any Hanaf from Barry, Barry could still bring the Korban Chatas and even do the sprinkling of the blood ceremony of the Chatas. Bedam Ashamo, and even the sprinkling of the blood of not just the Korban Chatas, but the Korban Asham. Okay. Now, the Ron points out, uh, our Mishnah actually brings up the Chatas and the Asham as the, itself as a korban, you have to you have to work around with the girsos. It could be that that the Ran says that that actually that part of the Mishnah has to be taken out of the Mishnah. In other words, Rashi Baraba is asking from a brisa. You could have asked the same question from our Mishnah, which is to say, the mechusa kapara. I can ask a question. I understand when it comes to the end of procedure when you're bringing the kinim, the bird offerings after a zav or or yoledes, but a chatas and an asham are not always right. Are not always mechusa kapara. Korban Chatas and Korban Asham, there are certain cases where they're not Mechusar Kapara and they, and they would require agency. So the fact that we say that Barry could do it for Andrew would imply that it's not because of this Mechusar Kapara issue that he's allowed to do it, but rather all Karbanas could be brought by Barry on behalf of Andrew, right? And as we said yesterday, we had a, situa- a question where we said, when Barry, the Kohen, is bringing the Korbanas for Andrew, is he an agent of Andrew or is he or he's an agent of Shemaim? He's kind of in between. And so this, this idea that he could bring a Chathas and an Asham would seem to imply that maybe he's an agent of Shemaim. And if so, if he's an agent of Shemaim, then in fact he'd be able to do it on Andrew's behalf. And however, the Gemara here says no. That this Brisa, or if you want to say our Mishnah, if you want to put back the part of the Mishnah that the Ron took out, when we talk about Chatas and Asham, we're not talking about a regular Chatas and Asham, we're not talking about every category, uh, but rather those that the Mitzorah has to bring at the end of his purification process. Well, the Dam Chatas, right, because the Mitzorah does have to bring a Chatas and Asham at the end of his purification process, and those Karbanos are analogous, right, they're the same as the kinim that you would bring at the end of a zav, in the sense that they are mechusar kapara. Those are ones that you can do without agency because of the fact that they are procedural and therefore when we talk about chatas and asham, it's that carbon that we're referring to. How do we know that it doesn't require agency? Because a similar, right, uh, a similar look at the pasuk by Matsara, just like we had by the zav, dechsev, zos, tiyeh, taras, and matsaras, right? So all this zos, tiyeh, taras, is very inclusive, as the Gemara points out, ben gadol, ben katan, right, that, the, that it means that you don't need agency, that even if it was a katan and incapable of appointing an agent, and the katan was a mitzvah and the katan was going through a purification process, Barry the Cohen would be able to bring the korban on their behalf, and that implies that it's not really conferring any hana, and therefore it should be mutter. Okay. So once again, just kicking around this idea again, are Kohanim agents of the people or agents of Shemaim? It's none. We have a mission in Gittin, Daphnan, Dalet. HaKohanim Piglu B'Mikdash. Pigul is when you have, right, the uh, Kavana to eat it at its not appointed time. The Kavana to eat it at its not appointed time. Okay. So that's what it means. They Piglu B'Mikdash. The Kohanim themselves, when they brought the Korban, had the wrong, right, had the wrong idea. Mezidin Chayavim Hashogin Peturim. So an interesting mission in Gittin, Bezat Hashem will get to it at some point. If they did so deliberately, they intentionally said, we're not going to, we, right, we're going to bring this carbon, we're going to eat the meat, but we don't feel like eating the meat, right? The nine days are coming up. We don't want to eat it like 
now because it would be a waste. We want to eat it during the nine days when we have an excuse. Okay, whatever, because we want to eat fleshics in the nine days. Whatever weird intention they had, if they do it on purpose, they're chayv. Chayv what? Well, they would have to. Well, they would have to pay the owner back for the animal, right? Andrew spent good money on that animal, and he gave it to you, and he trusted you, Barry, the coin to bring the carbon for him. But you purposely, chas v'shalom, you would never do this, for, if for no other reason, well, first of all, you're ethical, you're filled with integrity, and you're not a coin. So you would never do any of this. But were you to do it on purpose, you'd have to pay Barry back. Uh, you'd have to rather pay Andrew back for that animal. Hashogim paterim. But this is fascinating. If you did it unintentionally, like you thought that you still could eat it, right, a few days later, and that was your intent, so then you're not chayv to pay Andrew back for the animal. Why? In other words, you're potter to pay back Andrew for the animal. Elishipigul on pigul. In other words, it's going to be pigul. Another, the offering, right, the, the, the carbon is going to have to be rebrought. Andrew's going to have to go get another animal. And, and that, that carbon is going to be disqualified. However, right, you're not going to have to pay him for that animal because you did it uh, unintentionally. Why? So says the Gemara, it's analyzing it now. I understand that if, in fact, Barry the Cohen is an agent of Shamayim, I understand. It doesn't matter, right? It's the results. And Shamayim is, did the carb, was the carbon good or not? Well, if you didn't have the right intention, the carbon's not going to be good. But if, in fact, Barry the Cohen is Andrew's Shliach, not a Shliach of Shamayim, why is the Korban disqualified. After all, Andrew would say to Barry the coin, I made you my shaliach for benefit, not for you to mess it up. Amazingly, that shlichus should therefore be nullified. In other words, it's a fascinating idea. I mean, we don't have time to delve into all the nuance and wrinkles, but somehow Andrew made Barry a shliach. If Barry's really, if Barry the Cohen is really Andrew's shliach, then his intent, if it's intentional, so then it's in Barry's jurisdiction, and he's purposely messing up Andrew's carbon. He can actually do that if if he's shliach because he's doing it on purpose. But for whatever reason, it, I mean, we can we can talk it out logically. But if Barry is just going through the motions, okay doing Andrew's bidding and bringing a korban, and it so happens that he inadvertently didn't have the right kavana, somehow we can distill out Barry's inappropriate pigal kavana and say that only that which he did for Andrew on, by agency will work, and the korban should work, and the pigal won't count. If, again, if it's Mishamayim, Shamayim knows your thoughts and it's very results-oriented, Right? But somehow the fact that this is going to, the fact that we say Shogigin Peturim, El Shipigul and Pigul, sounds like it's Mishamayim. It sounds like it's Mishamayim because if it were, if, if Barry was an agent of Andrew, it shouldn't be Pigul if Barry did it inadvertently because Andrew could say, I would have only made you, I only make you a Shliach for the part of you that's doing the action correctly. Forget about your inadvertent thoughts. Interesting. Okay, so says the Gemara. Now, I don't know if that works. Amri Shiny Gabi Pigul, that the whole idea of Pigul is different. The fact that Pigul works in this unusual way that we just described 
is unique to Pigel. The Amar Kar, Lo Yechashev Lo. Once the Pasuk says, Lo Yechashev Lo, now we're already, right, um, we already see that the Kavana by Pigel is different, which means, Kol Mikol Makom. In other words, it'll be Usr even if it's Shluche Didan, right, and even if Barry did Pigel Bishogeg, right, in all of these cases, Lo Yechashev Lo means it'll never be considered okay. In other words, we thought the fact that it would be pigul and that it wouldn't work is somehow an indication that Shaluch Shemaim. Don't worry, Barry. This unusual nuanced shot that we said that your inadvertent thoughts don't count as Shalichos, throw it out, throw it all out, Barry. Because it says Lo Yechashev Lo, which means whether it's your thought and you're the Shaluch of Andrew or whether you're the Shaluch of Shemaim, if the pigul is not right, Lo Yechashev Lo, it's not going to count. And so it's not an indication that you're a shliach of Shemaim necessarily, but even if you're a shliach of Andrew, we don't distill out your inadvertent thoughts. If the pigul doesn't work, we're result-oriented, right? Meaning if, if the thoughts aren't, uh, even if it's inadvertent, if the thoughts are pigul thoughts, the carbon will not count, even if you're a shliach of Andrew, and therefore we don't have a proof from pigul to that question of whose shliach you are, okay? Fine. Fine, so now, 12 lines down, gufa. Let's go back to this idea that you don't need, that all the karbanas that are procedurally kapara for atonement don't require agency. Because we see, a man can bring those kinds of karbanas for sons and daughters. They're katanim, they're not giving any shlichus, and therefore, obviously, the fact that the father can bring the korban on their behalf is an indication that they do not require das. Okay, the Gemara asks, Wait a minute. If these korbanas really don't require agency, then maybe Barry the Cohen or, or Barry can bring a korban chatas uh, on behalf of Andrew. Let's say Andrew accidentally ate in a place. He figures, he's Andrew's in Israel, by the way. We miss you, Andrew. And uh, I apologize for using this case. But he walks into a restaurant. He figures it's Israel. All the restaurants are kosher. <laughs> okay. And so, turns out, maybe not so. So he has to bring a korban chatas, right? This is an inadvertent, okay? So, but he doesn't know. But Barry knows where he went. So Barry wants to volunteer as the korban chatas in his behalf. Can he do so without agency? So says the Gemara, We said, well, a, a man can bring such a korban on behalf of a wife who's lost her mental faculties. Just like Rabbi Huda said earlier. Alama Amar Rabbi Lazar. Why then did Rabbi Lazar say Hifrish Chaitas Chayla V'Chaver Lo Asaklum? So if it's true that a person can bring right a korban chatas, let's say, on behalf of his wife who lost her faculty, why would a person not be able to bring a korban chatas on behalf of his friend? We see that that Rabbi Rabbi Lazar says cannot be done. Right, the animal doesn't even become hekdesh. He's done nothing at all. Right, you 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 set you put out. Separated korban uh, chatas, right on behalf of your friend, it's garnishment garnish doesn't work at all. So why is that so? Says the Gemara. Well, you have to get granular here. <laughs> can a can a husband really bring a regular chatas for a, a woman who lost her faculties? Watch what the case would be. What would be the case where a wife lost her faculties and the husband brought it on her behalf? Can that really be true? that that case would apply to... Right, now, at this point in the Gemara, Barry, the Gemara is assuming 
that a man can even bring a korban chatos, let's say his, uh, uh, his wife lost her faculties and ate chalev. At this point, the Gemara is assuming that a husband would be able to bring a chatos on her behalf even in that case. What we're going to prove is that it's probably not that case where she ate chalev, as we'll see inside. What would be the case? When did she lose right, her ability to reason? Well, if she lost it before she ate it, so lavas korbani, right? She she did not have enough reasoning capabilities to even have to have any atonement, right? A shota who eats chelev doesn't have to bring a korban because they ate the chelev unknowingly by definition, right? So that can't be, right? In other words, a husband would not have to bring the korban on behalf of his wife if she ate chelev unknowingly, okay? So what would be the case then? Says the Gemara. Maybe she ate it when she was able to reason and then she lost her ability to reason Rahman al So then would, would you bring a korban chatas on her behalf then? This very case, let's say a person ate chalev and then even separated, right, ate chalev b'shogeg, right? You bring a korban chatas for doing these averas b'shogeg. Eight Chalev realized he ate in the wrong restaurant and it was a shogeg. He's ready to be mafresh a carbon chatas. He has full mental capacities and then Rahman al Itzlan Nishtate loses those capacities. And then all of a sudden, Chazav Nishtate, Baruch Hashem, he comes back to reality and he can think again. Puzzle, he still can't bring the carbon chatas. Why? An unbelievable halacha that once an animal that had been set aside, to be brought on the Mizbeach, once it becomes Nidcha, once it becomes rejected, why is it rejected? Because he became a Shota. Once he's a Shota, apparently we learn from this halacha that's quoted in the name of Yacharan, that he no longer has to bring the Karban. Because even if he, and that's the point here, Barry, that even if he ate it when he was in, with full mental capacity, once he's a Shota, he no longer has to bring a Karban. So what do we learn? That even in the case where you ate it with full mental capacity, and then became a shota. A shota simply does not bring a carbon chatas, period, Barry. So then why would a husband have to bring a carbon chatas on behalf of his shota wife? What is that case? What's that scenario? So says the Gemara, no. Um, oh, wait. Uh, the Ran is going to have to explain that in the case of the Schelev, it's not going to work. So when is it going to work? Well, the Yoledes still has to bring a chatas, and that one would work. I think that, or, or, or maybe not a chatas, the Yoledes, the kinim that the Yoledes brings. In other words, Ishta Shota, right? Let's say the wife lost her mental capacities, but she's still with child, right? She, she's physically capable of birthing a child. Those korbanas they, you still bring, right? So that the husband can bring on her behalf. You see what I mean? So a husband can be, an agent on, on behalf of his postpartum wife, certainly he could do that, right? Because that's procedural. That does not require agency. But this chalev thing, you can't say just because a husband could do it on behalf of his postpartum wife, you can't extend that to chalev because he would not be able to do it for his postpartum, uh, for, for his shota wife if it was chalev. And therefore, we understand why one buddy couldn't do it for on behalf of his other when his buddy ate chalev inadvertently, right? So the chalev situation will never work with shota. But this postpartum one could work with Shota, right? But that's what, that's what the case would be. Be that as it may, what about the Karban Pesach, says the Gemara? Let a person bring Karban Pesach for his friend. 
Right? So we're trying to draw these parallels. The fact that you could bring it on behalf of your children shows that you could do it without their das. They don't have the halachic das to create any sort of agency. So can, does that mean, so again, we're trying to draw parallels. Can Barry bring a carbon Pesach on behalf of Andrew? So if, in fact, a man can bring a Pesach, carbon Pesach on behalf of his children, and we see that there's no agency, why can't Barry, right? Why would Rebbe Lazar say that Barry can't bring a carbon Pesach on behalf of Andrew? After all, we see that the carbon Pesach doesn't seem to require any sense of agency. Says the Gemara, no, I'm going to be there, lav This whole avos, right, it's, it, it doesn't mean, right, what this basically means is the Pasuk means that you don't really need agency for the kids. There's no, in other words, children are included without what we'll call the registration. Right, what's the procedure for Pesach? We learned Masechah's Pesachim, by the way, Barry. So we know there was like a registration process, right? A sign-up sheet. And you have to sign up. And then you're all eating it bechabura. Wonderful. And that has to be all... Right, the sign-up sheet has to be filled out before you shecht the carbon pesach. Right, it has to be in effect so you have you know everybody in mind, so to speak, when you when you're makar of the carbon pesach. But the kids are implied celebrates of a song. They don't really need to sign up in the sign-up sheet. You sign them up sometimes to make them feel good, you know, for the chinuch and all of that. Right, as we'll see. But you're not really. You don't really midaraisa. They don't need to be on the sign-up sheet. It's only the, you know, the heads of the household, so the vase of us, as it were. So the Gemara is pointing out, how do we know? We have a Mishnah in Psachim of all places that says, You might recall this Mishnah in, in Psachim. The Mishnah said, remember the guy said, you know, we have last one up is a rotten egg here. He says, first one up, I'm going to shecht it on your behalf. Nice. As soon as that first kid, right? So dad's trying to motivate his kids, as we'll see. So as soon as that first kid gets up and Rosh Hashanah, most of him, you know, like how do you say who wins the race? It has to be his head and the greater part of his body. He leans in, boom. He got up to Yerushalayim first, <coughs> inside the city, and therefore he's Zoha and his Chalik and then everybody's Chalik. Why everybody's Chalik? It means... That everybody shares in it. So that's what the Gemara now discusses. If you say that the kids all have to be part of the sign-up, can the son, right? In other words, he's shechting it already. Right? As soon as he gets up there, he's shechting it. Can the other kids, once it's already shechted, participate in the, right, in the carbon? Of course not. So, so why did the dad... Say all this. Why do you say first one up is Zoha? Right? If, if halachically that doesn't work, right? In other words, you have 10 kids and the first one gets in. You say, ah, I'm shechting it in your name. And then he shechts it. So how are the other kids going to be participating in the carbon Pesach? That's halachically incorrect. You can't sign up after you already shechted it. The answer is they all were already counted. That's what the Gemara is saying. Kedel Lazars and B'mitzvahs. They were all already counted. He just wanted to make sure they'd all be there, right, to participate. So he gave them incentive. But really, it's just a sticker, right? He want, it's, it's really just uh, halakhically not significant because halakhically they all were going to always be part of it regardless because of the sale of Esav Asam, because of the halakha that they're counted anyways. Fine. So then the Gemara says, you know, there's a, 
a brisa that supports this understanding of the Mishnah. Tanya nami hachi So, as is sometimes the case, the girls are better listeners than the boys, Barry. So the girls got there first. Venimsu bonos rizos uvanim shvalim. Yeah, the girls were uh, they were zealous, right? They came with alacrity, and the boys were slower to, to the. To, but what ended up happening? They all were uh, included. So whether the girls comes first, the boys comes first, the first guy is this guy or that guy, it doesn't matter. Everyone's included in the carbon pesach, and therefore it is for that reason that they are included in the carbon pesach, not because of the shlichim. And it doesn't require agency. If that were the case, then maybe Barry would be able to do it on behalf of Andrew, but he can't do that. Because when it comes to Andrew, who's a full-grown adult male who has his own mental faculties, Baruch Hashem, so he would need to uh, be included in the sign-up sheet. It's only, right, the actual family members that are Katanim are, don't have to be included because that's a Mida Orisa. So now we're at the last line. The Torah is Trumaso. And as we turn to Lama Vavar Bez, a entirely new topic, a fascinating topic. Our Mishnah had said, Truma, can Barry uh, separate Truma out for, on Andrew's behalf? Now, I'll say a couple of these things outside by way of introduction. A Cree is what we call a pile of untithed produce, right? Okay. So, it's interesting. Can you, forget about, forget about Hanah. Let's assume Andrew hadn't sworn off Hanah from you. Can Barry take off Truma on Andrew's behalf? The answer is he could take off Truman on Andrew's behalf, but would Andrew have to appoint you as a shliach, or can you do it without him? Well, here's the rub. You theoretically could do it without him, but that's kind of zachin la'adam shalom b'fanav, right? You're doing it on his behalf. The reason you could do it is because we assume agency in a case where you're doing something on his behalf that benefits him. Well, that's the interplay here. If it benefits him, so then if he swore off benefit from you, Barry, then maybe you shouldn't be allowed to do it. And then there's an additional question of maybe you could do it out of his or out of his pile because his pile, it's like he's not really gaining anything monetarily. But were you to be the big tzaddik that you are and actually be mafresh truma on Andrew's behalf from your pile, ooh, so then he's gaining the money, so to speak, right? Then he's really benefited. That he shouldn't be able to do. Again, our Mishnah says Barry can be mafresh truma on Andrew's behalf. So the first thing we're saying is that that halakhically works altogether. And then we have to also take into consideration the context of our Mishnah that Andrew had sworn off enough from you, Barry. So how does it work? What would be the scenario where you're taking Truma on behalf of Andrew and yet he's not getting enough from you? That is a conundrum that we're going to kick around now. You ready? So here we go. So the first thing, right, we're taking it slow. And, and, uh, Barry's taking off from his own produce because he knows that Andrew is in Israel and he may have forgotten. And so the question is, does, does he need, does, can Barry successfully do this without Andrew's knowledge? Says the Gemara. What, what, what are the two approaches? Well, do we say, since it's a schus for Andrew, then we don't need Andrew's das. Because after all, as we say, right? And uh, it's an implied agency that Andrew would love for Barry to have because after all, it, it's to Andrew's benefit. Oh, or alternatively, maybe he'll say the other side. Oh, Dylan, mitzvah delayhi. This is Andrew's mitzvah. And after all, Andrew doesn't want to lose out on the mitzvah. By Barry taking care of this responsibility for Andrew, Andrew, Andrew loses out on the mitzvah of separating Truma. Maybe that's not a schus. Maybe he would not want that. 
So Tashma, right? So maybe our Mishnah can resolve that conundrum. Torah mes trumosov es masosov ladaito. Hmm. It sounds like, right? You can. So, so, so Barry wants to know what's the logic of a person rather doing the mitzvah? Because after all, a person would prefer to, even if it would cost him the money, if his own produce, right? That is a the mitzvah min hamuvchar. That is the you know he wants the schar of the mitzvah, and he figures if he pays for the mitzvah with his own money and he gets to participate in the fullest sense. Then he gets the schar. It's like, for example, uh, keeping shemitah. Okay. I don't know if it's a. I don't know if it's a perfect analogy, but you know there are those who, let's say, do heter mechira, or or even or even mechiras chametz, meaning like you you can technically do a workaround, and it's perhaps legitimate and all of that, but the Torah is said to do it in a certain way. You know, so let's say the Shemitah. So maybe rather than go through the Hetamachir process and work your field, you figure that the mitzvah in a Mufchar is to not work your field and to really what you consider to be keep Shemitah in its full sense in like the spirit of the law. So yes, it sounds like technically you might be um, relieving Andrew of his obligation, but he doesn't want to be relieved of his obligation. He'd rather, you know, live the Torah way and pay for the truma and do it himself. There's such a thing, okay? And, maybe, and, and, and if you want to add a la- another layer to it, you could say schar mitzvah, that he figures he's going to get a greater schar mitzvah, and that's what he's after, something like that, okay? So it's a good question. Now the Gemara is going to say this, though. Wait a minute. But my askinan will be the case, and this is where we get into the issue before, right? Because our Mishnah said that Barry... Yeah, Tashma, Torah Mestrimosov, Ves Masrosov, Ladaito. So that's our Mishnah. What did our Mishnah say? That Barry could be Torah Mestrimosov, Masrosov, Ladaito, which means that if Andrew, Ladaito means that Andrew is aware. Andrew gave you consent. Before he left, he gave you a, a list of responsibilities. Water my plants and mafresh my truma. Okay? Walk my dog, water my plants, and be mafresh my truma. Our Mishnah says, even though... Andrew, don't forget, swore off any hana from you. I don't know about the plants and the dog, but this you certainly could do. Barry could be Torim Andrew's truma for him. Even though he swore off hana from you, Barry. How does that work? So now the Gemara is going to analyze it. But my asking, what would be the case? Right? So if you're going to say that what Andrew's saying is, come to my house. I got my pile of produce, okay? Come to my house and take it out of my own pile of produce. Uladaito deman. Okay, so then we have to understand. Wh- whose consent is, is here? So the Mishnah, in its simple understanding, sounds like it's Andrew's consent. But if you say that it's with Barry's consent, that doesn't make any sense, right? Because that wouldn't work. Man It's not, obviously consent sounds like it's Andrew's consent, right? Like, you're not going to appoint yourself, Barry, to, to go to Andrew's house and take off his own trumas and meisters with your own consent. 
Right? Were you giving yourself consent? Who, who gave you the right to do that? So that can't be what it means. Who made you the shlich to do that? It must be Andrew's consent. Okay. So it must be Andrew's consent because after all, you're taking it from his own stuff. Well, if it's from his own consent, that can't be, and that's the rub with our Mishnah, because if he gave you real consent, that shlichus implies that you're doing him a favor, and therefore if he swore off hanal from you, how is that allowed? After all, you're performing his shlichus. That has to be a violation of Andrew's nether to swear off hanal from you. So that can't be the case. Okay, so says the Gemara, El Mishalosh Al Shel Hakri. Okay, so maybe you'll say, Barry, okay, you're taking from your own produce. Odaito Deman, and wait a minute, and whose consent? Elam Odaito Debal Hakri, if you're going to say, right, that it's Ladaito Debal Hakri, according to Andrew, so how come I highlight? So you still have the same problem. Anytime it's with Andrew's consent, you're performing something for him, whether it's with your pile or with his pile. This is even worse, because here you're, perform- you're taking it out of your own pile. So that can't be. The case has to be, says the Gemara, that it's Barry's own wild idea to take off Andrew's truma. And in fact, Barry is the biggest tzaddik of them all, and we know Barry would do this. It's his own idea, and he's taking from his own money. Okay? But wait a minute. Does that require the consent of Andrew? Well, if it requires Andrew's consent in any one of these cases, even if it's Barry's idea and it's through his own truma, still, any time you have and require Andrew's consent, you really are being nana from him. And therefore, that can't be. Does this not reprove, says the Gemara, that you don't need the das, that you don't, in fact, need Andrew's consent? Wow. Well, let's see. Says the Gemara, right, because again, any case with Andrew's consent would mean that, that Andrew's getting hana when you do it for him. So the fact that our Mishnah is saying that, in fact, you can do it, that must mean that Andrew does never have to give consent. That, in fact, we weren't sure. What, which is it? Zachin ladam shalom befanov or ain't zachin ladam shalom befanov? In other words, would, ra- would Andrew rather do the mitzvah himself or is this a schuss for him? Well, the fact that our Mishnah allows it sounds like we don't need to give consent. The Gemara said, no. No, 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 no. We're definitely taking it from Andrew's produce. Rava resolved this contradiction by creating what we call like an unusual case. What's the case? Where Andrew said, I'm going to Israel. Anybody wants to take off Truma, come take off Truma. So what is that? It's like a diffuse consent, right? And since Rava said that, so maybe that's what our mission is talking about. Our mission is saying when Andrew said whoever wants to take Truma can take Truma, since it was directed specifically to Barry, right? So Barry, it's not considered prohibited. In other words, even though, so what, what, what did this accomplish? What it accomplished was he, Andrew resolved this zuchin, like this question of what would he rather do, right? We, we weren't sure which would he rather, zuchin or lo zuchin. So he resolved that by saying, you know what? Somebody else take the Truma for me. Once he said that, then it doesn't really matter, even though by you, you would think that by you taking the truma for him, Barry, that you're giving him ana, it's not a direct shlichus, and therefore it's indirect enough that it's not a violation of his nether to not have any ana from you. Okay? So now 16 lines down, we have a related question. 
Barry the Tzaddik is taking off his own truma from his own money and, and designating it, right, so, it could, so that it should work to potter up the pile of Andrews. Tovas Hana shall me. Wait a minute. There's something called Tovas Hana. What's Tovas Hana? The Kohen. Ah, the Kohen that gets the truma is actually very grateful. That gratitude, I hate to say it, Barry, but, you know, the gratitude that the Kohen can have, that's called protectia, right? Next time you want something from the Kohen, you know, he might give you a better deal or whatever, you know what I mean? So, right, because after all, it's at your discretion to give your truma, right? The Torah just says, take off truma and give it to the coin. It doesn't tell you which coin to give it to. So, like, if you have your go-to coin, that's a relationship, Barry. That's like a business relationship where he may, right, that's called tova sana. He owes you one, so to speak, right? Because you could have gone to any coin, but you went to this coin. So the question is, who is he going to be grateful for? Right, Barry, you took off from your own money, but you, the truma was really off of Andrew's produce. So now Andrew could say, if it weren't for my produce, you wouldn't be taking off this truma because you're taking it off from my produce. But you could say, hey, you were, I didn't see you taking off truma. The coin would have never gotten it if it were up to you. You're, you're away and you're not even doing it. So that's what the Gemara says, right? <laughs> right? Would we say, if it weren't for Andrew's Paris and produce, would there even be uh, uh, a truma here? Or we say, right, um, I, I said it backwards. Do we say that if it were not for the fact that Barry had separated it, then nobody would have separated and therefore there'd be no truma? Or do we say, if it weren't for Andrew's produce in the first place, there wouldn't be truma here, right? I mean, Right, so, so it's clear. It's Andrew's stuff, but Barry did the truma separation. So who's the coin going to be grateful to? Barry who separated it? I would say so, because it was Barry's choice who to give it to. But he could also say, hey, whose stuff was this? Barry has to be honest and say it was Andrew's stuff. Oh, tell, remind me, when I, next time I see you, remind me to give a thank you to Andrew, right? For, because it's stuff. So who's the gratitude for? Well, that's going to be relevant, right? Because Tova Sana is Hana. And, and Andrew swore off an offer from you. So let's see. Amar lei, amar kra, es kol tevuascha This is quoting, right, Dvarim Yadalid, psukim chav beis through chav vav. Tevuas zarecha. Tevuas zarecha sounds like it's bringing it back to the planting, which is to say, the tovas goes to Andrew because it's his stuff, which is to say, we don't care who's doing the work, right? We don't care, like, for example, you know, let's say Barry works for the Estee Lauder Foundation, right? And he's the one that's cutting the checks and giving it to the recipients. But they're not thanking Barry. They're thanking Estee Lauder, right? They're thanking the, the benefactor that's whose money it belongs to. So similarly with the Kohen, right? They're thanking the person whose produce this is. So, okay. But the Gemara says, I don't know. Acevate. Torah Mistrumos from source of Ladaito. Somebody says if a person, let's say, right, separates, right, our, our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says that is going to be relevant to this very question. Because after all, we said that Barry can be Torah Trumosov with Andrew's consent. Says the Gemara, Wait a minute. <laughs> if the Tovah Sanah goes back to Andrew and Andrew gave you consent, Barry, so then isn't Andrew getting Hana by virtue of the fact that you took off Meiser on his behalf, Trumos on his behalf? Well, guess what? If that's the case, then you triggered 
a whole series of events where Andrew gets Hana from you because you did an action that caused him to have the Tova Hana. But he swore off Hana from you. So doesn't the fact that he's allowed to do that even though he swore off Hana from you means that the Tova Hana is not, does not go to Andrew but rather goes to you? Wow. So the Gemara Armory Love. Now, that's not really that case because the case must be, we'll go back to Rava, Mishal Balakri, Al Shal Balakri. No, the case is when, when Barry did it from, from um, uh, you take, right, Mishal Balakri, Al Shal Balakri, you do take from Andrew's stuff, Udaita to Balakri, and it is in fact with Andrew's knowledge. However, it's Be'omer Kolarotz Elis from Yavaviyazdrom. But it has to be with the suggestion we said before where Andrew already set it in motion and it was really his idea. So if it's his idea, then you're allowed to do it. Uh, finishing up, Tashma, Damar Ribar, Rami Biochran, Makdish, Moisif Chomish, Umiskaper, Oisit Mura, Batar Mishalal, Shaina Shalo. Right? On this very question, if a, if a person is Makdish, an animal, right, then he has to add a fifth, and the recipient is the one who, and we'll have to explain this more tomorrow, the Tamura is when you switch the animal. Batar Mishalo, Al Shaina Shalo, this last piece is what's relevant, Tovasana Shalo. That in fact we have. Right, an Amoraic idea that if a person separates truma from his own produce for produce that's not his, in fact, the tovasana is in fact the separators, and that corroborates the idea that the tovasana would be berries, as our Mishnah suggests. So we'll resume tomorrow, five lines up from the bottom at the two dots.